You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So let me just quickly read. Um, I do always welcome, by the way, your comments and all sorts of other things. It doesn't have to stick to what it is that we're discussing today. So the lines are open as usual. SMS lines are also opened. WhatsApp notes are also open. So the lines are open now. But I am going to be looking at the finances. I'm sure absolutely every one of you has got a concern of sort. It may not be direct, but I'm sure you know somebody who's really struggling at the moment. 0891-104-207. And my guest this afternoon, is a certified financial planner and he's also a speaker and an author as well of a book called My Money. His name is Gerald Mwandiambira and uh, he's on the line joining us to just help us, I suppose, navigate what is a really, really tough time. Uh, Gerald, thank you so much for joining us. They say the world hasn't seen anything like this since World War II. Well, definitely. Good afternoon to you and to all the SFM listeners. The world has not seen anything like this. I think the closest we can find a similar global catastrophe which affected everyone's wealth was the Great Depression in 1938. And um, if you want to look at history, how long did it take for the world to recover? It took 10 years. Oh, and, what to, and what caused the world to recover was World War II. <laughs> you know, so oh, it, 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 there's nothing like this. It's a new, new scenario. I don't think it's going to take 10 years for the world to recover, but definitely... Um, the world will not be the same in terms of how we live and operate. Gerald, what can we learn? And I'll, and I'll ask you this because actually we've had a, a recent history that you and I can recollect. 2008, well, the world in itself had its own problems. But in how we managed a recovery, I don't think was not commendable at all because what we saw happening was that nationals were... Uh, helping big corporations to recover, little of that trickled down to the people. In other words, people still find themselves with no homes. What have we learned from that that we can now transfer to today? I think the one lesson is that we we didn't learn. Um, We still lived under an environment where we had no contingency plans and we had no savings. And ultimately, that's why we are where we were. We are now in, in terms of so many people being affected by what's going on because we've, we've just been living for the moment and very few of us have considered what might happen or what would be needed should something like this happen. So therefore, a lot of people are out of funds. They don't have a savings to fall back on. And, you know, to make things worse, we've now reached um, a point where businesses are struggling. And when businesses are struggling, Jobs go on the line. When jobs go on the line, people need savings. They don't have savings. So, so we, we're in this space where a lot of people just have mind blocks. People cannot comprehend or get themselves out of where they are right now. Um, I'll give you an example. If you look at someone, something like the retail sector, um, because of this lockdown, um, we've been on lockdown for 49 days. Other countries much longer. But a significant shift changed human behavior in that we're now scared to interact with each other and we're now transacting online that when the lockdown was lifted in some of the other countries people stopped going to malls and shops um, and a whole new type of retail was created and I fear that um, could happen here in that it would mean a lot of retail jobs potentially on the line because if people are just going to get things delivered very few people are going to go to the shop if you were working in a shop I'd be very concerned at this time 
I beg your pardon. I think you couldn't hear me there for a minute. Uh, Gerald, thank you so much for that. But lots to think about. Uh, I've also asked uh, a labor expert to join the conversation because I got a really distressed uh, message yesterday from somebody who who's saying with with all that we understand, all the difficulties that we understand as as somebody that works at a company. Is it fair? And I, I mean, I, the term fair, I think it's also mm. in itself something quite difficult mm. to, to navigate. <laughs> is it fair that he now has to lose a job because of the lockdown? Mike Bahrain, Bahrain is my, my labor expert this afternoon. He's also going to be weighing in on all of this because it's a tight, very, very tight rope um, where where do the rights of the employees come in and the realities mm. of, the, of the business? So I'm going to be having that conversation with both of my guests, but while we think about that, you can also call in 0891-104-207. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Okay, so I've got two guests. We're discussing really difficult things at the moment. It's that time. I mean, everybody's going through a difficult time. Uh, people are worried about their jobs. There is no money. People are not getting paid. It's really all around. And it's not just South Africa, by the way. It's all around us. Uh, Gerald Mwandiambira is a certified financial planner. He joins us. And uh, we've just been having a conversation with him before the, the ad break. Mike Bagram. I got it right, Mike, this time. Yeah. joins us on the line. He's a labor expert. And thank you so much for making the time. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, and thank you very much for allowing me to be on air with you. I really appreciate it. It it is a real problem time. We're going through an absolute nightmare, but as you said, it's across the world. This is not a South African Mm. problem, although when you start speaking to people, we obviously internalize it, and it's a personal problem. Um, the Treasury, which is a very conservative body, the South African Treasury is incredibly conservative, they said we're going to lose another three to seven million jobs. Remember, we are the worst in the world in terms Your of... Your call has been placed on hold. Please wait. All right, maybe that's Gerald's uh, line. We'll, we'll sort it out. Mike, are you still there? So, yeah, I am. Thank you. All right, please continue. So, okay, sorry about that. So the bottom line is that we were the worst before the COVID-19. We were the worst in the world in terms of our unemployment. And then if you look at the Gini coefficient, the wealthy are very wealthy and the poor are very poor. So we could really not afford uh, this this COVID-19. And if we're going to have another group of people, anything up to 7 million people losing their jobs, that takes us almost to 18 million unemployed South Africans. Work it out one step further, every single person, the statistics tell us, who has a job is looking after four people. So you can then multiply that by five if, in fact, the people are all going to lose jobs. Now, I'm sitting here in a small law firm in Cape Town and Bagram's attorneys, and we are retrenching people hand over fist. And people aren't ready for this. They don't know what their finances are. They don't understand how much they're going to get out, how much they can get out for their severance payments, how can they structure it properly. People need advice. People need to be able to sit down carefully, get some legal advice, some labor, labor advice, and economic advice. Nobody um, can and afford that, Mike. Nobody can afford that advice. I'd love for an expert to talk no, to but, me. Nobody no, can afford it. You don't need to be able to afford it. Mm. People are giving. There's lots of Zoom conferences. I had one yesterday where we explained to people how they can structure their severance payment. They can get a tax-free. 
how they must look at when, when you owe, you bought some furniture two years ago and you still owe the furniture company money for your furniture, have a look at that agreement. You've been paying an extra three rand a month for insurance against retrenchments. You can stop that immediately. Just a little thing. One of the ladies after the Zoom conference phoned me and I said, just go and have a look at all your debt and let's see how we can actually restructure it. Let's, and I'm not a, I'm not a finance yes, man. I'm yes. a labor lawyer. Yeah. Gerald, it's a tough one again because the, here we are desperate. You know, you know when you're dealing with a def- desperate customer, they're even afraid to call the bank. Uh, and, and I know the call has been made by banks to say, no, reach out to us, talk to us, we'll understand. But the reality on the ground where we sit here, for instance, I can tell you now the number of people who say, well, actually, nobody helped. I, I spoke to somebody and they just kind of said, mm, mm, mm. OK, look, uh, we don't know. We'll come back to you. What I'm saying is there isn't a sentiment on the ground that there is complete buy in in all of us trying to manage the system. Or am I wrong? I think you, you're right. Gerald? Sorry, I disagree. Do, OK, the Africans are all standing together. Go ahead, Mike. Make the point. Go ahead, Mike, and make make the point. Well, I think South Africans are standing together. Uh, I know from the legal. Oh, okay. I think Mike's uh, line is giving us some problems. Gerald, mm-hmm. do you want to go ahead? Well, I think you know is this. It's a mixed message we're getting. I think the the problem right now is that this crisis is not over, so it's very difficult to make um, lasting decisions when the ball is still dropping. We have not hit the ground yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're still very much in mid-air in terms of how this pandemic is, will affect South Africa. The health experts are telling us that we haven't even seen the worst. So it's very difficult for companies, for people who want to assist other people to say, okay, we're going to help X number of people because we don't know the quantum as yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the financial services com- community, yes, they've reached out and said, look, we'll do debt payment um, holidays, but how long can this holiday last? And um, these holidays also often attract interest. So do you want to pay the extra interest? Um, some of the packages to for business rescue or business assistance from the banks are actually loans. How do you take out a loan when you don't know if your business is going to still be at the same level when things resume? So I think the reason why everyone is anxious right now is there's so little that has been finalized. And the only reason that is so is that the pandemic is still happening. So it's very difficult for anyone to really make a call. The one thing that is certain, however, is that jobs are already starting to um, be lost because companies who make money month to month, if people are sitting at home, they start laying off people. And the standard severance package from a labor perspective is one week's salary for every year worked. So literally, if you've worked for five years, the best you can get in terms of a company meeting the minimum labor requirement will be five weeks salary. And... How do you plan with that in mind? And I think we can use the time we have now on lockdown to try and find contingencies. Let's plan ahead. Um, as, as, as Mike was saying, go on the Zoom sessions, find the free material online to motivate yourself and think of life after COVID-19, even if you lose your job. Rather, spend your, side, your time pro- productively on productive online activities instead of TikTok and Zoom where, or, or TikTok where people are just doing challenges. Seriously. People, oh, grown, grown men and women spending entire days 
on Twitter and TikTok doing challenges when they could be reading about how they can protect themselves if they have credit credit life insurance or if they can, or what skill they need in order to survive going forward if they need to reskill. Uh, Gerald, I really didn't see that coming. I just can't imagine now the TikTok families that I've seen on, on social media. Mike, before we lost you, you were making the point that you think you actually disagree. You think South Africans are, are, are working together in this time? They are. They certainly are. And I'll quickly let you know that for instance, in the attorney's profession, I'm on a group, a WhatsApp group of over 100 attorneys, mm. and they're offering this service and help for nothing. It doesn't help to try and charge someone who hasn't got mm. money, and they're offering it for, month for no money at all, and they're all answering. There are lots of these groups, and I tell you something, everyone that's been phoning me, yeah. I've said, Let, let's just think rationally for a moment. Yes, I know the minimum is one week's pay per completed year of service, but a lot of companies have retrenched in the past and they've got a, a process where they've given three weeks to complete your service in the past. So there's a precedent. You can push them for it. A lot of companies are also very keen to fill the workforce. So you can then push them for extra monies. Mm. And if you can structure it properly, it becomes tax-free. You have to give people notice pay. They don't have to work during their notice pay. You can discuss that and negotiate that as well. There are a whole lot of ways and means of working with us. I don't want people trying to access their pension funds, if at all possible, leave that alone and the provident money, because that's taken a dive. Most of those pension funds have dropped by 30%. Hmm. So if anything, try not to cash in on that, just to try and carry mm. on paying for it. But all the companies that I'm dealing with yeah. are willing to negotiate mm. proper processes. They're willing to negotiate bigger payments to employees. And, for instance, if you are an employee and you have, uh, for instance, you've got a disease and you need to keep your medical aid going, mm. companies aren't heartless. Get mm. them to negotiate that you can keep that medical aid going for the next six months. For a pregnant lady, for instance, mm. she needs to remain on her medical aid. They Gen- can actually do those negotiations. Gentlemen, there are lots of questions. If I don't, just, if you don't mind, just, just uh, take a quick break while we go to the headlines and then we'll go to all these voice notes that are coming through with questions for you and the number to dial if you want to call in as well as 891 Just gone one thirty. Let's go to Amanda Machaka for the latest in headlines. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. We're obviously discussing the difficult time that is COVID-19 and how it's affected people from a financial perspective. What does it mean for you if you're running a business and you've got to lay people off? For all of us, I think there is just so much uncertainty going around. So I've got two people who I think can help us navigate these questions. One is a labor expert, uh, Mike Bagram, and uh, he joins us on the line. And he's also willing to take your questions as well. Uh, by the way, that number is 891 I'm also joined by a certified financial planner, Gerald Mwandambira, who is also uh, an author and uh, a speaker as well. And uh, the book is called My Money. And he's also trying to help us through this very difficult time of, of what do you do when you really are at a loss. Um, money is, 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 a, is a tough one, Gerald, because uh, I, I, I had a friend who used to say uh, there was that lady that was quite famous. I think it was Susan something um, who used to be a money financial planner who was quite famous at some point and who used mm-hmm. to talk about saving and saving and saving. And this lady used to say, you know, you can only save if you've got it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we know that in any event, it's been tough for South Africans. So, I mean, I, I, 
I, I appreciate the idea of negotiation with your banks, but mm. we also know that banks want to negotiate with somebody who in the past has been impeccable and so mm. on. And, and, and dare I say, very few people are in that position. What's your advice? Yes, um, the lady you're talking about, I think it's Susie Orman. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> She's actually still very active in the U.S. Um, I think that is, that, is, that is the big question. I think the banks are willing to work with their clients. Um, but because this is a- affecting absolutely everyone, you now get the, the moral question that, you know, because it's affecting everyone, why are you only helping the guys who were in good standing before the crisis? Because this is affecting everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's, how deep and how far can they support you? Um, obviously, the banks are running a business, so they can't write off everyone's debt and say, you know, um, we understand South Africa, we love you, let's cancel all debt and start afresh. That would be a dream scenario. It's not going to happen. Um, and I think also some of us need to be planning for bouncing back. I think, you know, some of us, we fight so much for what we have now um, to the extent that we, we will extend resources to a fight which we will ultimately lose, where some of us need to be really thinking about reskilling um, or cutting costs or moving back to uh, the family home. You know, you, we need to actually preempt the moves because you don't want to be reactionary um, because what is clear mm-hmm. is that um, a lot of us will be impacted directly financially. We can't wait to see how far. I mean, the experts are, are talking the worst of the pandemic is only going to hit us August, September. That's two, three months from now. Some of us can't sit another two, three months at home with no income. And as Mike was saying, try and negotiate the best deal if you are getting a severance package. If you can, um, financial planners are doing pro bono work just like the legal fraternity. Seek financial advice and get the best outcome. Best outcome sometimes is for the, your company to allow you to stay in that company housing for free for a few extra months. The company to allow you to seek employment for a few extra months using their resources. The company to allow you to stay on medical aid for a few extra months, giving you more than the minimum requirement by law. Because I think those those are best case um, scenarios. And the most important thing from a financial planning point of view is when you start receiving those summons, those notices, um, the legal um, communications, don't ignore them. I think all of us are thinking because it's affecting everyone. If we ignore it, um, they 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 they're going to do nothing. No, actually, because you think everyone is ignoring it. There are people who are responding. So when you do get a, a notice um, or a summons to appear in court, you've missed some payments. Um, file what they call a notice to defend, so that at least you go in front of a magistrate and say, you know what, I can't pay this thing because I've lost my job, and then you make an amicable arrangement. If you don't respond, they'll simply issue a default judgment, which means you're ITC'd without having your day in court. So defend your name, fight for what you can. And, And the one thing which we all must be fighting for is our home, because you know, you can lose a car, but losing a home, you know, you seldom can recover from that. So if you, you can fight for you, fight for the home, not the car. Don't fight for both and lose both. <laughs> That's very nice. I like that. Um, you're calling us from Newcastle, Swoo. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Go uh, ahead, sir. Yes, uh, I have two issues here. I'm just going to quickly run over them. Um, I was refreshed last year around September. Uh, whereby the company just didn't even give us notice and we just got returned just like that. Uh, the government didn't even intervene. Basically, the company closed down. 
uh, well, I've only been uh, a year with the company and there's not much I got from that. But I tried to make an alternative because I have a property in Newcastle. So I bought me uh, a container there where I'm trying to sell general goods and everything. And with these current issues going on with regards to takeaways and everything, because where I am situated, people want food. Let me tell you, uh, that's what they want. They want takeaways, they want food, but uh, I'm unable to even do that right now. So now, recently, in fact, yesterday, uh, my fiance called me, she's crying. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, they are being told at her work, she works for All Mutual, and um, basically they are being forced to go out and get customers. She's a financial advisor, uh, so they go directly to find customers and, 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 and sign them in. Now, uh, they are being put with so much pressure without uh, being offered any sort of uh, safety materials in terms of, uh, okay, they, they do have your PPE, but I'm asking myself, who would want somebody to come into a home to convince her to sign into a policy or whatever product they are selling at this time, you know what I mean, when they don't even have permits, they are not given permits to actually be out on the road. Just the other day, she was fined about 500 trends by the police, whereby um, she didn't have a number plate on her car that she just recently bought because, I mean, she's only been like a couple of months with the company. Uh, and another thing is with the company that they're with, with All Mutual, as soon as you, you, you get a job there, Spoo, you are forced let me, to let get me, a let car. Me just, let me, do me a favor, Spoo. I, I just want you to hold back on, on, on naming the company just because we, don't, we mm. didn't give them the right of reply oh, okay, and they're no, not fine, here. Fine. And I understand the sentiments. I really do understand the sentiments just just be careful because i think if we, we you know we didn't know about the story and we were not able to give them a chance to respond for themselves we're not a bit balanced okay bad sorry but then the, the bottom line here is um yes we are all affected mm. in, in different ways but if companies forces their employees to go out there and and talk to people because her work has to actually she has to directly go to people convince people to buy into these policies that they are actually selling and we we, we they don't even have permits she has to travel and go there 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 in different places there's cops on the road uh they are being fined for that uh, and they are being given this uh no work no pay sort of story and they soon gonna lose their job you so know, uh, i'm I, like confused as yeah. to what what are we supposed to do at this point you know what i mean I really appreciate your call and maybe this is uh, I appreciate it because it drives a message that I was saying earlier um, and, and for both um, yourself Mike and Gerald the reason I brought up the issue of buy-in is because where we sit where I sit every day that's the kind of call we get mm. and and so I, I and I understand that at the level where you interact with companies and businesses of course they're saying the right things but unfortunately on the ground and i can tell you now if you look at our whatsapp notes everybody has a story to tell and it's not a pretty one people are not finding that their companies are being empathetic i, I can answer that yes and, go ahead Mike. i think i think a lot of that is and and this is and this call what you've just had now is actually the norm i'm getting it i'm literally getting two three hundred whatsapps a day of this type of nature mm. and my finding is that if those people go forward to the company and talk to, I mean, you've got a large company, they talk to the human resource and they sit down and say, this is our issue, this is our problem. Let's try and make it a joint problem-solving exercise. Now, if you go back to the law, and the companies need to understand that, every company, whether it employs one person or 10,000 people, they need to understand that everyone is obliged to go into that consultation process. If they're going to retrench, 
then they need to look at Section 189. And there it says, it specifically says, that they have to engage in a meaningful joint consensus-seeking process and attempt to reach consensus. Now, when you read the law and you tell the company, this is the law, this is what you have to do, mm. then people have, especially the employers, they, they then get worried that you might run to a court or you might run to the CCMA or to a bargaining council. The trade unions now have a very important task and a role in the world today, mm. and they should be stepping in. When it's no work, no pay, I understand that, and that's the law, that's basic conditions of employment act. But you can make it easier. Mm. I can tell you right now, if you've got someone like Gerald, Gerald is there and he's got financial advice to people and he could help the people on the ground who are being retrenched. Mm. Well, let me tell you what the law says. The law says, in terms of Section 189, that a company has to give assistance to that employee that they propose to dismiss. They have to give assistance to them. How do you translate that? Mm. What you mean is that they obviously give them some money and they must give them some advice, but they should be going out there and saying, look, we're going to retrench 50 people. Mm. We're talking to these 50 people. We're going to engage someone like Gerald to be available to every single staff member for an hour, two hours, as long as it takes, to help them with mm. their circumstances and to feed those circumstances back to the company and say, this is what the company ought to do. And within their own... Uh, ability as a company, how can they structure it? Now, you've got a large company that the last uh, phone was, was talking, phone in was talking about. They have got some assets and they do have a wherewithal. And they could, if they had someone like Gerald mm. on call, they could then structure something for that woman and say, listen, we don't want you running around the, the neighborhoods and popping into people's houses, but I don't want to see you. This is how I advise that you should sell. I know mm. companies, and I've just had one this morning, but people are distraught. They're losing their jobs. So I said, go and find a psychologist. Hire a mm. psychologist for three days and give every single employee an hour. Mm. So at least they can then unburden themselves on that person. And that psychologist, in turn, can go back to the company and say, you know, we've got a pregnant lady here. You were trenching her. She's in her fifth month of pregnancy. We've got to structure mm. something that she remains on the medical aid until after giving birth. Thank Sorry. I beg, I beg your pardon, Mike. I really didn't mm. want to interject. But I, I want to quickly just wrap with, with the both of you, uh, Gerald. Also, I'll give you just one minute to respond because we've got a minister who's got a very important announcement to make, which we need to cross to in a second. So, Gerald, quickly with you, what is uh, life going to look like financially post-COVID-19? I think everyone who's in this position right now is pull out your employment contract, understand the nature of the employee-employee relationship. Sometimes you're not an employee, you're an agent, which means you're self-employed. If you're in that situation, you might be having to look at other options to survive after this crisis. If you're an employee, definitely do the bargaining and try and negotiate the best deal in terms of if they are retrenching you, they give you financial counseling, psychological counseling, help you to reskill if possible, keep your medical aid or whatever you can get out of it. But the reality is there will be losses and we can't all survive this but if you have the right state of mind you can actually remain positive um, and use utilize the time we have now on positive things as much as you want to let your hair down and read and watch tiktok um, spend <laughs> spend most of your time researching what you need to do to bounce back because a lot of us might need to bounce back because we are going to fall i really appreciate that gerald Mwandambira, who's a certified financial planner and mike Bagram, who's a lawyer expert gentlemen really i appreciate the time you've given us